I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Clicking balls. This is our season primer for the West Coast Eagles. My name is Heath. With me is Brenton. Say hello. Yep. G'day. And Josh isn't here this week, but uh, we'll, we'll cover it up. Um, so the Eagles. Uh, first off, we'll uh, have a look back at 2017 for them. Yeah. Uh, finished eighth with uh, 12 wins. You reckon that's par, over par, or under? Uh, well, considering that Nick Nat was gone, I feel yeah. like that's. Well, it was a two-sided season. Really, they had some games where they again give you lots of belief. Yeah, that they can actually get there and they delivered on a lot of occasions uh, a lot of occasions they were really underwhelming but I feel like 8th is about a par for considering that a, a Ruckman yeah really. I, I had him around there as well because they run so much of their game through Nick Nat and his absolute yeah. athleticism I mean yep. he's he's turned games off his own yeah so without him you've got a, a makeshift um yeah, you know, you got to make around it, but I mean, they had all year to prepare for that. Really. Yeah, and I mean, the final spot gives the fans something to take away from the season. Yeah, except for the, the wacker, which they literally took took apart. Yeah. <laughs> Subi, yeah, yeah, Subi, that's right. Um, um, all right. So, what were their highs for the year, though? Oh, I, I should mention uh, Elliot Yo was their uh, best and fairest this year as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like their high. I mean, obviously, the playoff game, they uh, the finals game they had against Port Adelaide. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> it had to be the one. Um, Recently voted uh, a game of the year at afl.com.au. Yep. It's hard to argue with. Exactly. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was performances like that that uh, gave you a little glimpse of where they were trying to, what direction they were trying to head to, but also just made you think, damn, what if they had Nat Nui? Like, yeah. well, well, how would this these games be unfolding? Would they just be dominations or, you know, how's it going to slot back in and, and keep this, this sort of style of play? Um, it was an amazing game because when it came down to the crunch, I thought Port Adelaide had the wood over them in the last quarter. Yeah. And they were playing the better footy. Yeah. But in the last two minutes, um, Eagles just did everything right. Like, yeah. Including, oh, was it, um, I don't think it was McGovern, I think it was somebody else, uh, you know, wouldn't concede a point. In, oh, yeah. Who was that? Right at the end. Um, you know, he, he had to save it there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was brilliant. Unbelievable game. Yeah, and for I think for both those teams, it was it was something that their their fans got out of watching the game again because they've had a lot of disappointment the last few seasons. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like West Coast were about par for their for what we expected from them preseason. I mean, I think I predicted they were going to be uh, was it tenth or something like that, eighth for next year. Oh, yeah. next year, yeah. Um, and whenever everybody's having a shot after the siren to, to win the game. Unless it's against Hawthorne, I'm always cheering. I thought, I hope you kick it. Yeah, yeah, me but too. When it's a final, 
away from home with a 99% um, parochial crowd against you. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. I, I, I gave the old fist pump watching that one. <laughs> and against Port Adelaide. It's always good to see them get uh, demoralised. It's good to see Adelaide Oval crying. It's yeah. Great. Yep. Especially yeah, in the final series. Um, yeah. And you know, they lost the next week, but really, they'd already played. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, there's still some Adelaides that got beaten in the final, so it's, uh, <laughs> I just sneak that one in. Yeah, it had to, had to come in sooner or later. Um, I had another one of their highs was uh, the win against the Bulldogs, especially uh, Vardy. Yeah. So Vardy was, you know, sort of the, a snake knife deal that they picked up. And, they, you know, we need another Ruckman. We'll get Petrie and Vardy. We'll, yeah. we'll cover it for the year. That's how we'll do it. Yep. Um, but uh, he dominated that game. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> they they got the most out of their, their crap big man pickups. Well, except for... <laughs> Except for bloody what's his name? They Giles. Got from Giles, yeah. Except for Giles, but the rest of them, I mean, they got service out of them. I so. think Giles played a game. It's more than <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's because they just needed someone else tall. Yeah. <laughs> so that was his that was his role. He did it exactly. But I mean, Petrie, Petrie spent half the season out injured, but yeah. he played well in the yeah. games he had to. And a few few times he had a chance to you know make a difference in the game as well. Yep. And so he took it. Um, they played him like a bit forward as well, uh, a bit more up the ground, a bit forward yeah. than our forward. I mean, that's all you can really get out of him. But, yeah, I've been... They've had a few years of just getting top-up players and just being sort of a top squad, really. So I feel like they've got to really either kick some people out and make a new game plan, or they've, uh, yeah, just got to use them as trade bait. Well, I reckon this is the year where that's where they're at. Yeah. Is decide, you know, are we going to try and go again? Or do we, you know, you know what? Let's take a few years, let's bow out, and let's yep. recharge and go back. Because they are such that... They're in that middle stages because you know, they played in a grand final only two, three years ago, 2015. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like as as with Ross Lyon and so much pressure over in West at the moment, it's a good time to really be able to make these decisions and not yeah. cop too much shit from the media. Yeah, you can almost get away with it. Although there were a few questions asked about Simpson during the year. Yeah. Um, but uh, we'll get to more towards that. Um, but before we go off 2017, the lows. So what were the, what were the bad parts for West Coast you had for the year? Uh, well, I feel like just the disappointment of, of the injury list that they've had. Yeah. And you felt like that they've got all these plans and they, you know, try and move the right pieces in the right spots, but injuries let them down. And obviously, a low point being a game plan that revolves too much around Nat Nui. Obviously, you get exposed when he's, when he's injured like this. Yeah. So if you have a game plan that's too um, vulnerable to injuries, it means that you're relying and you haven't got depth, doesn't it? You yeah. Rely on too few. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I put down like they lost to the Gold Coast yep. in round eleven, um, and it wasn't a pretty, pretty loss. You know, it wasn't an honourable loss either. Yeah, um, and that's the first time they've done that. So I think they were the the last team last one. to not lose to um, an expansion side, and yep. they lost to both of them in the space of about three weeks. Yeah, um, but also round five against Hawthorne. Hawthorne were zero and four. Mm. And they've gone back mm -hmm. to the MCG. And, you know, last time they went to the MCG, they got embarrassed in 2016. Yeah. And this is their chance to, you know, make make a difference. Um, and the low point was Sammy Mitchell didn't play. Yeah. And I, was, <laughs> I was gutted about that. Um, so you got Hawthorne, the 0-4, travelling poorly, and they've come out and just been whipped. Yep. Yeah. And... Yeah, I mean, it was really disappointing that they didn't put Mitchell on there because it might have actually made it worthwhile going to watch as a... Would have been unbelievable. As a Hawks supporter. I, I was looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's one thing I'm going to miss out on is watching Mitchell and uh, Hodge. Hodge against each other yeah. in different different colours. So, yeah. Ripped off the fans, that one. I mean, they picked him up as, as a coach, really, but yeah. he played one season. And I think it was a weird season yeah. um, because he's 
playing wise, he's a great player. But if you've got Pritis, you don't really need him as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, that's how it worked out for them. Um, we'll have a look at their list changes. So they're out. Uh, like we said, Sam Mitchell, well, he was only there for one year. Yep. Um, Prittis is a bigger one for them because obviously Brownlow medalist and yeah. um, uh, I think he was a waffle, uh, what's their Sandover medal? Yeah, I think Sand- one, Sandover. One yeah. Them as well, but been there forever and he's, you know, one of their local heroes. And Yeah, he's great. a person that, yeah, he's a, he's a given in their team. You know he's going to yeah. put in the effort. Um, 30 positive pos- per game sort of yeah. player. Yeah, without trouble. Yeah. Um, and anchored their, their midfield for you know the best part of a decade. Yeah, and could sneak for kick goals as well, which always made it handy when they were struggling with some big men up forward. Um, they lost Sam Butler, who was, I, th- I believe, the last player from their 06 Premiership side. Oh, really? Um, sure. he, he snuck in. He's one of those players that um, you go, Sam Butler, he's played 200. You go, Jeez. 200? <laughs> Holy he? shit. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> um, Petrie, like we said. Uh, Giles, who's retired after... Um, getting his fifth Guernsey. He's I been think. around the traps. He's, he's done well for himself. Um, he's given the, the term journeyman a, a bad name, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it'd be interesting to see all those five teams trying to avoid any of his children that <laughs> go for the draft. Uh, I, I don't know if combined he made enough <laughs> games. <laughs> yeah. It's a shame. I always kind of liked him. I thought he'd be yeah. handy, but just yeah. never. Yeah. Um, Wellingham uh, couldn't get a Guernsey with him again, yep. uh, which I think is not a bad decision, actually. Yeah. Um, but he's, I think, is he playing in the Waffle or he's come home? He's playing in either the Waffle or VFL. Um, I mean, he'll uh, do some use out of him in either of those leagues. Yeah, well, you know what the WA is like. They love their Waffle. Yeah. So it's not like going to the Waffle. It's not a a curse or anything like that. Yeah. There's still a lot of support for the Waffle teams. Yeah. Um, and a lot of love for them. I know, I think Dennis Cometti is still commentating Waffle games. So Yeah, I'm guessing because for those people who are members for their clubs out in the West... It's actually hard to get tickets to the game because obviously yeah. you don't get as many games as, say, Victoria. And a massive waiting list as yeah. well. And so you always want to watch some footy live, so perhaps that what leads to a strong waffle. Yeah, maybe it does. Uh, been, obviously, history as well. It's been going on forever. Yeah. To be honest, I've never been down to uh, watch the Tigers, Rezies. Yeah, in the in like, <clears throat> Punt Road. It, it's good, though. I, I know a few people have gone to Punt Road to watch the VFL and then walked across the MCG to watch the AFL. Yeah. I really like that idea. Yeah. I've never done it, but I like yeah. the idea of it. Yeah. I wonder if they do that with the waffle, or they just go, you know what, fuck it, we're going to have a sellout anyway. Yeah, like. I don't know. That's all, I moved to a new house in Heidelberg West, so if they're at Coburg, I could have gone and watched them. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a soccer stadium just next to where I live, so I was thinking about going over there and watching some local Heidelberg soccer. Yeah. It's got to be inter- entertaining on the field and off the field. Oh, you say, the, the sidelines <laughs> would be just as good. Yeah, so maybe I'll, I'll get a local soccer team Join up, Heidelberg. I don't even know who the Tigers. I think they might be actually. Probably. Yeah. Um, Josh Hill is also finished up, um, and a few others uh, that you wouldn't recognise. Yep. Um, but the ins, they got Brendan Archie. Yeah. Which is an interesting one. Surprising. Yeah. Because yeah, everyone thought he was uh, going elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing mint mobile unlimited premium wireless ready to get 30 30 ready to get 30 ready to get 20 20 20 ready to get 20 20 ready to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month so give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yep. Um, I thought he would, yeah, I was surprised when he ended up there, especially coming from Port Adelaide. He seemed to be in a pretty better position now than what West Coast is going to be at, at getting a sort of solid finals run. Maybe. Yeah, I think so. Well, Port, when it came to off-season, you, you can see what their tactics was. Yeah. They've gone very heavy like in um, topping up with senior players. Yeah. So that says, you know, we're, we're going for it. Yeah. Whereas West Coast really cut all their senior players. They... Did it for one year. Yeah. You know, one year deals for a couple of 300 <laughs> gamers. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they, they are a younger side, I think. But yeah, interesting one. But you, you have a look at the West, Western Australian teams every offseason and see what the go home factors got for them. Yeah. Um, and I think this time you can clearly see that not much out, mm. and one in. Yeah. And that's, uh, I mean, it's been surprising the last couple of years now that they're shit that no one in West Australia wants to go home anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they're still playing finals. Yeah. They're up there, but... Yeah, but coming from Port Adelaide, do you think the, you must have been privy to what their strategy was going to be next season? Yeah. And surely that would have been a bit more attractive than heading out West and, and trying to figure out how they're going to win win their way into the finals. But, yeah, um, yeah I, I still think they need more than that to really get their team alive and up for that competitive eighth, seventh spot. Yep. In the final, in the final eight. So, I mean, it's it's almost something for nothing. I think for West Coast, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's have a look at their double ups in 2018. They've got, uh, I reckon, a, a pretty tough one. Um, they've got Frio, of course, doing the the local derbies a couple mm-hmm. of times. Uh, they got both Sydney teams, yep. um, Port Adelaide and the Bulldogs. Yeah, there's some similar uh, matchups for those games, and I think I haven't actually got the record in front of me, but I feel like they've always been tough games. Uh, for West Coast to play against teams that were similar like fast paced outside runners uh, makes it difficult for them to be able to um, have a game plan that relies on keeping it in the air well really the only one I mean, the Bulldogs looks like the easy one out of that yeah. well, and probably Frio but yeah. the, they're never easy the, <laughs> the Derby's the never easy yeah. Yeah. they're yeah. pretty cool with the new stadium as well I think they're going to be you know they're going to make a point to put on a spectacle that's going to sort of show well, up all the other rivalries it's got to sell out in round one yeah and I think they're going to have the technology to, yeah. to really put on a fine show as well yeah that'd be great um, but you know the Sydney rivalries they're trying to get that to come back yeah. as well um, you know obviously with their um, grand finals back to back grand finals you know, over 10 years ago mm. but now they've got they've got a, a reason to be up for the port game Yep. Or Port Games as well. Yeah. Um, Seems like a lot of teams have got reason to be up for the Port Game this year. They're doing well. They've managed to make themselves hated without winning one yep. of the premierships. Yeah. And I mean, half of that, half of that mission was recruiting everyone else's hated players. <laughs> yeah. We'll take them all. That's yeah. our game plan. Get yeah. hated. We'll <laughs> see what happens. Um, all right. So who's, who's up for a big year um, for West Coast? Well, Simpson, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> he needs to show he's got a plan B and a plan C and something that he can do that's not too knick-knack heavy. Yeah. Uh, you know, Dropped a, a massive sort of uh, midfield player and has picked up a not-so-massive one. So yeah. it's going to be tough to really, really figure out how he's going to get points on the board to uh, save his backside, especially if they've got um, Sam Mitchell in a coaching waiting sort of role. Yeah, he's going to be very interesting. I, I've put down their midfield. Yeah. Midfield is where it's going to be for them all year. Yeah. I mean, Josh Kennedy's, you know, uh, he was second in the Coleman, I think, this year after winning two yeah. in a row. Um, he's, got, he's such a consistent performer, you don't, 
you, you nearly don't need to worry about him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but their midfield is going to change because uh, they've lost Prittis and mm. you know they had Mitchell for one year. And Mitchell, I think, um, was you know second or third for Posies, you know, doing what he does yep. for him. Um, so now their best midfielder is probably Shuey. Yeah. But, and then you've got you know you, your next ones like Gaff and um, Shepherd and uh, Barras. Um, and these other mm. guys are going to run through there. I feel like a lot of them have become the best midfielder at West Coast by default. Yeah, you know, yeah. Because Prittis and Mitchell was, even though Mitchell's only there for one year, Prittis was their best ball mover and the, the one, that the distributor. Yeah. Um, they've lost a lot of inside. I feel like... They've the, got to find it. Yeah, I feel like Shuey was a good performer all season, but what's going to be like when he doesn't have two other good performers to take some heat off yeah. him? Where well, he's going to be the number one target. And I think Andrew Gaff had uh, a record for uncontested yeah. possessions. Yep. Um, which means he's on the outside, which you need people on the outside. There's yep. no problem with that. But you had the two best extractors in there, yeah. giving it out to him. Now they're gone. He's going to have to you know, find some of his own or somebody else is going to have to turn into that bulking... Yeah. Hulk. And I don't, I don't know who that is. Don't know put Archie in the gym <laughs> for, the, <laughs> for the whole off season or what's going on. But or, yeah. you know, when we talk about who's on the outer for them, um, maybe you look at somebody like a Jack Darling and go, how good's your tank? Can you run? Yeah, yeah, you um, might have to. Turn him into uh, a Richo or a, yeah. a Nick Rewalt and say, mate, well, we, we need you to be the linker. And perhaps like looking at what cards you've got, got on in front of you, um, he would have come up with these game plans to trial through the off-season and see what yeah. works. And so it's going to be an experimental year, not only for the team, but for the coach as well, to see what happens, what sticks. It's become unpredictable. Yeah, yeah. And it seems like yeah, good things come when you're forced in that situation. Yeah. Like with the Bulldogs, happen with the Tigers. So yeah, maybe he's going to throw a few dice in the air and see where they land. And you know, like I said, we've got Sammy Mitchell now in the coach's box. Mm. So what can he do to that midfield? Because the yep. midfield is what it's all about for him. Yeah, exactly. And he's one of the people that will give a good um, sort of real-time inside uh, knowledge about what's going on. Yep. Because he knows the other teams that, uh, that well on the ground and what their sort of habits are. And so it's not only doing what he's going to do uh, for his team, but his analysis of the other team going into competition. Um, it's also going to be interesting, like Nick Nat, to see... Like he's had a, a knee Rico. Yeah. Now his greatest asset by far was his athleticism. Yeah. There is no doubt he's lost some of it. He has to. Yeah. Exactly. How much though? Mm-hmm. Um, does it bring him back to normal? Yeah. <laughs> or is he just above average? Or, I wonder how far are we at, we are away from actually being able to improve joints and muscles after the injury. You know what I mean? If we've got <laughs> technology with stem cells and all the other crazy shit you can do these days, it's going to be a, a breaking point where actually getting that fixed will actually make it better than whatever sort of faults it had to start with. Well, it's funny you say that. I do remember there's, uh, with pitchers in the American baseball, there yeah. is a, a surgery you can get on your elbow that, changes the tendon or something that can make okay. it better oh, right. um, I, that's about all I know about it there's yeah. something like you can have this surgery that will make you throw faster wow. so that's the first start isn't it yeah well this is why I haven't done anything about my like sports injuries from the younger days is because I don't get like discs in my back fuse when I can just wait hopefully a few years yeah. and you've got like stem cell uh, you know it just be like a uh, over the over the yeah. counter medication you take home take yourself pill, stem six yeah. inches yeah but exactly yeah different kind of pill <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think Shui's got to have a big year he's got to um, really uh, launch himself now he's got yep. a great little highlight now he needs to be again another consistent performer and I think consistency is going to be a big thing for him all year yeah, I feel like Shuey's definitely got the potential to do that, but for them, it's not going to be enough just for him to be able to step up. But yeah, I feel like he's the type of person that would look at this challenge uh, excitedly and be like, all right, this is where I get tested. This yeah. is where I got to step up and show what I'm made of. So I feel like he's up for it. It's just a matter of 
who else is up for filling it out behind him? Um, yeah. You know, but I mean, it's a good opportunity for a lot of those players at West Coast to be able to put their hand up and yep. really cement themselves in that team. Yeah, especially the youngins, because I think there's a few senior guys that are. Um, not got their ticket march, but you yeah. know, uh, guys like now we talk about who's on the outer for West Coast. I think uh, well Jack Darling we've been mentioned because yeah. um, he's been found out in big times a couple of times. Yep. And once you get that reputation, every time you do something wrong in a big game, everyone goes, oh, "See, yep. <laughs> see, Tim, I fucking told you about him." But he should be like he could be either the next Nick Rewalt mm. or the next Jesse White. Yeah, he could go either way. Yeah, um, and he looks like he should be a monster. Yeah, well, that's the thing is that sometimes those monsters have been monsters the whole life and they just don't realise how big they can yeah. be and how good they can be, But you know. So it might just be a self-confidence thing for him. And yeah, definitely having those failures when accounted isn't going to do much for your confidence. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean... And once the fans turn on you... No yeah, part of me is kind of hoping he goes Jesse White route, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> As <laughs> an outside observer. Yeah, I'm just, I, miss, I miss having a Jesse White in the AFL. So, yeah, maybe he's a candidate. <laughs> Um, I've also put down Mark Lacroix. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. I feel like this year there's a few times where his form didn't justify his place in the team, but yep. he had runs on the board that you go, you know what, we know what he's capable of, he'll get back in. Yeah. He played well enough when he needed to to, to keep his spot. Um, but I feel like you you played that card this year, Yeah. you don't get to play it again. And I don't feel like he's getting better. No. So, yeah, I think he's got to be on the outer. And unless he can establish himself as a on-field leader, which I haven't really seen a whole lot of, you know, evidence of. No, and, you know, again, there's another player that gets a reputation for being, you know, one way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, it does look like when you're talking about, you know, the the next captains and the next leaders and that kind of stuff, you you got Hearn down back, who I think is a great captain. Yeah. Mitch McGovern's stepped up and he looks like he'll be, he'd be my pick for the next one, but he's not that boisterous, you know, yeah, um, Come with me, follow me. Uh, Not ugly type. enough. <laughs> like Hearn. <Yep. laughs> but guys like McGovern have overtaken Lacroix, like you wouldn't even consider it. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. And there are some youngsters that are coming through that, you know, have a little bit of fight. Because so, it's only Brass's, what season number Brass is this? Three, Brass I think. Three, something like that. Yeah. I thought he played some good good games and showed that, yeah, he's definitely got some potential in him. So uh, he was he's one that I would look at to sort of mould into that new sort of West Coast yep. player that you need. Yep. And I feel like that's where you've got to start on right now. Um, all right, well, so where do you think we're going to finish then? They finished uh, eighth this year with 12 wins. Where do you see them finishing in 2018? I believe I have them in 10th spot by my so, uh, earlier calculations. Probably one less win. Yeah, one less win. Also, yeah, I feel like they're not on a real developmental curve. Yeah. I don't feel like they're on the way up compared to the teams around them. Um, they still have a few games where they fire up and they give you a bit of belief in what they can do. Yeah. I expect that to continue. But I feel like the other teams around them, it's going to be really hard to be able to push them out this time. There's a lot of competition that is going to be maybe a bit too close. It could be even a game, half a game, yeah. that's going to decide who gets into the eighth, eighth spot. Every time I looked at my um, my ladder, and like West Coast is one of the hardest teams to pick. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't know where their improvement comes from. And I think that the loss of Prittis especially, because he's yeah. been such a stalwart there. Um, Nick Nat's still a question mark. And I think their double-ups are some of the hardest ones there. So I, yeah. I, Josh and me have both put them down to 13th. Yep. Um, and again, though, a lot of it rests on the back of Nitnack because if he comes back and he's as good as ever, the sky's the limit. Yeah, because yeah, he's an impossible person he's to... such a unique player. ...to defend against. Yeah. Like, there's no one that's tall enough to defend against him. He's a two-person. Uh, it takes two people out of your team to yep. defend him. 
And that's always going to be a liability because if long as you've got people around you that you can trust, you're going to open up opportunities. So, yeah, that, that's definitely the joker in the pack. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like... Because he's so unique. Yeah. There's nobody like him in the AFL. Yep, and that definitely could be a factor in, in getting them across the line in a lot of games. Um, but if, you know, the halfway mark of the season, if they're, you know, three and eight or, or four and seven, yep. and Frio are the opposite, seven and four or something like that, mm. there's going to be pressure on Simpson. Yeah, for sure, definitely. And, yeah, there's going to have a lot of ammunition for, for those people yeah. that are going to be gunning out, out gunning for him. So, Especially in the fishbowl that is Perth. You know? Yeah, yep. And one of those teams is going to want to establish their new home ground as theirs. Yes. Uh, we saw that in Adelaide when they moved yeah. to Adelaide Oval. It's always going to be a bit of pride of the town. So, yeah, they're going to have a lot to fight for. And it's going to be interesting because they can't just have one game plan for the whole season. They don't have you know, uh, enough unique attacking abilities except for Nick, Nick Nat yeah. to be able to pull it off. I so. think that the ground, uh, the Perth Stadium or Optus Stadium or whatever they're calling it, I think it's a little bit wider because one of the okay. things about Subi was it was narrow, yep. which meant it made, again, more unique than any other ground. Yeah. Um, we don't know if this ground is going to be as unique. If that, yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so they've got to adapt a new style for the new ground and other teams have got to adapt to it as well. So yeah. It's going to be interesting. But, like like a rocket league ground with like some raised levels and stuff you can jump up on. <laughs> but it's just it, it's again it makes it so much harder for West Coast because yeah. it, does it diminish or does it increase their home ground advantage? Yeah, we, we don't know. Yeah, and it's, it's up to them to make it what they can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we've got them all missing finals, but uh, again, it's just such a big question mark on West Coast. One of the hardest teams yeah. to, to pick for the year. You put them in, put them in second last. That's what you do. You <laughs> decide everyone else around them, and then they're the second last team to go in their slot. Oh yeah, the second last team to, yeah. to place. Yeah, yeah. Not on the ladder. I mean, to put yeah. yeah on the ladder. All right, that'll do us. Bye bye. Right, peace. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.